From The Conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where Michelle discusses the issues of the day with The Conversation's politics team. Hi, my name's Amanda Dunn. I'm the Politics and Society Editor for The Conversation and I'm speaking with Michelle Grattan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Amanda. Michelle, the Albanese Labor government has been very busy since the election in May, but Parliament has only just begun and, in fact, it doesn't really get underway in terms of the debate until tomorrow. Nonetheless, there's still plenty of politics around. Today, the Governor-General outlined the government's program. What did he have to say and was there anything surprising in it? There wasn't anything surprising and it's got to be remembered that uh, this speech by the Governor-General is one that's written by the government. So what's happening is that the government is reaffirming its promises and its intentions. There was quite a lot of emphasis on uh, the referendum for the Indigenous Voice to Parliament, although there was no actual year put on that referendum. But there has been talk, of course, of that running next year. And we are expecting the Prime Minister to say some more about this when he attends the uh, Gama Festival later this week. For the rest, it was issues that we know about, uh, economic issues particularly, and of course, we're waiting for those inflation figures tomorrow. They will be bad, the level of inflation. There was speculation earlier in the week that that would be around 6.2, 6.3. Some are saying higher than that, but those figures uh, will come out a day before the Treasurer's economic statement, and that will be emphasising the need for belt tightening, particularly budget belt tightening, and won't contain any good news on real wages. So the uh, Governor-General's speech touched on the economic issues, but we're just starting to get that news which will be elaborated on later in the week. For the rest, it was various issues, education, health, COVID, whole range of issues. The line came up again that the government doesn't want to waste a day, and certainly we've seen that philosophy in what it's been doing so far. And of course, the other thing that I should mention is that the statement featured climate policy and the climate bill is front and centre. That will be introduced with the new target tomorrow. All right. Yes. And on that climate bill, now, obviously, this is one of the most high profile policy battles that is going on at this early stage of the Albanese government. How are the negotiations with the Greens going? Because that's the sticking point, isn't it? That's right. The government needs the Greens' support in the Senate, plus the support of one other senator to get the bill through. I think that uh, while there's not going to be a resolution to these negotiations for some time, the signals are positive that the Greens probably in the end will support the bill. Now, it's always uh, risky making predictions on these things, but that's certainly the feeling at the moment. However, the government won't give the Greens the major thing they want, and that is a ban on new projects uh, for coal and gas mining. They're not going to get that concession. But even so, the, the signals coming, I think, 
at the moment are that the governments are sitting pretty well in terms of securing this legislation. But it will go through the House in this fortnight, this first sitting fortnight. But of course, uh, it's still then got to go to the Senate and that doesn't sit again till September. Okay, and Michelle, as you mentioned earlier, there's a, a lot of economic news coming this week and most of it is expected to be pretty dire. Now, Treasurer Jim Chalmers has been at great pains to prepare us for this and to say that his state of the economy address on Thursday is not going to contain a lot of good news. And as you say, the inflation figures are expected to be particularly bad. What else is there coming down the pipe at us in terms of the economy, do you think? Of course, this is uh, really the warm-up to the budget and there's uh, already the government's talking about blowouts in spending, which uh, weren't revealed before the election. But in terms of uh, the economy more widely, of course, we've got the job summit coming up in early September. And while that isn't about the economy in total, of course, uh, it will have a broad economic focus. And that will discuss things like migration and the gender pay gap, and a whole lot of other issues affecting jobs. The big economic issue at the moment, or one of the big economic issues, is that we've got very low unemployment, which is good, but we've also got a very acute shortage of labour, and really there's no quick way to solve that. Of course, in the longer run, it goes to migration and preparing people better with uh, the relevant skills, but you can't get those workers instantly. And that's particularly hitting sectors like aged care, where there really is a crisis at the moment. COVID is really bad in aged care facilities. And also these facilities are suffering shortages of workers, even beyond those who are benched because of COVID. All right. And Michelle, there is one high profile MP who will not be uh, sitting in Parliament this week. The former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, won't be there. Where is he? He's um, off to Tokyo to attend a, a conference of former prime ministers, his new peers, as it were, and he said that uh, he'd made this arrangement before the parliamentary timetable was uh, issued. But I really think that that's not a very good excuse because even though we didn't have formal times for a while, I think everyone knew that parliament would be sitting around this time and really not to be here without an adequate excuse in the first sitting week not to be sworn in with other MPs does seem to me pretty bad. It does seem disrespectful for the uh, electors of Cook who uh, put him back into the parliament, albeit that the uh, Australian public didn't put the government back into office. But really, uh, you would expect the member for Cook to turn up. It's also been pointed out in some media outlets that in fact, the conference is in the back end of this week. So presumably he could have been here for a couple of days, even if he missed the last day of the week. There's also a question being raised, and this is pretty important, about whether he gets any payment 
for this trip. Presumably, he would at least get his fares, but we don't know these things and we won't know until he has to declare them on his register of interests in the coming weeks. But even if he's not getting any remuneration, I think you come back to this point that a parliamentarian should be in parliament unless there are compelling reasons why they're not. Do you think this tells us anything about whether he will serve out the full term as the member for Cook this time? Everyone, I think, would be really surprised if he does serve out the full term. Some speculation's been around that maybe he's going to serve out a few months and perhaps go early next year when the opposition might be in a better position in a by-election in his seat. But nevertheless, that's a safe Liberal seat, unless there was a very compelling Teal candidate who put up a challenge there, which I suppose is always possible. But I think that he's looking around to see what alternative employment there might be. All right, Michelle, terrific to talk with you as always. Thanks very much. Thanks, Amanda. Our theme music is by Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at theconversation.com.